This is The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca, Toronto's news, today's talk, 640 Toronto. Happy Sunday and welcome to The Parenting Show. I'm your host, Pina Crispo of ChicMama.ca and we are in January. We kicked things off last year with the first episode uh, in the New Year, New You series here on The Parenting Show. Every January, I like to do this. It's a new year and new you. Not necessarily a brand new you, but I like to look at it as like 2.0. It's an upgrade. You know, we're improving ourselves and uh, we're bettering ourselves. So this whole month, we're focusing on different different aspects of that and, and you know, how it relates to being a parent and how it affects our family dynamic and, and our relationship with our kids. And so tomorrow is Blue Monday, which is said to be the saddest day of the year. And I always love to talk about mental health because I think it's really crucial and it's important. And uh, along with me, I have one of my good friends and special guest of the show. She's always on. And of course, I'm talking about Dr. Michelle Cambolis. Dr. Michelle Cambolis, how are you? I am well, and thank you for having me on. And thank you for covering this topic because, you know, there's a lot of difficult, um, you know, crises, um, terrifying crises happening on our planet and um and so mental health gets really shoved to the side in terms of a news focus and yet it it's so critically important that we're continuing the dialogue and looking after our mental health and and um having these conversations so that we can really empower ourselves so that we um can effectively face these challenges that yeah. are right in front of us and I know that, like, Michelle, we talk about this all the time because aside from radio, we're friends, you know what I mean? And we have these conversations all the time and and it has changed. The world has changed. Our planet has changed so much since COVID. And, like, I just feel like everything is on the rise. And that I'm not talking about the good stuff, you know what I mean? So it's really scary. It's scary as me as in, you know, a female, an adult, mm-hmm. a mother with three little ones. And and often I even think to myself, I'm like, what did I do bringing three humans into this world? Like, look at what's going on. It I think is a lot of scary. parents feel that way. I think a lot of parents feel that way. And so let's talk a little bit about the trend, because I think it's really important to look at the facts. And intuitively, we feel as though things have gotten worse from a mental health standpoint. Um, But that really lines up with reality. And in fact, um, mental health symptoms have been increasing well before COVID over the past 10 years. They've been increasing exponentially, but COVID ushered in this whole new set of challenges, especially for youth, um, to such an extreme that the US Surgeon General declared a mental health crisis just over a year ago. And um, it's not any different in Canada. And and if we're to talk about, you know, local to Ontario, um, the high school students uh, th- will say like 39% say that they have moderate levels of anxiety. Another 17% have serious levels of anxiety. So you can only imagine the impact on their mental health and that causes all kinds of concerns for their 
development and and overall well-being and of course that places them at higher risk of of suicide and they're a really vulnerable group for for suicides and or for suicide so it's a conversation that we need to continue to have and um, at a very high level because um, not only do we need to um, pay attention within our homes and um, put um, tools in place in order to um, make sure that we're caring for our mental health, but we've got to address this on a on a wider structural government level to make sure that people are um, able to just see a physician, psychiatrist, mental health practitioner um, when they're suffering. And so we've we've really got to attack it at multiple uh, tiers. Yeah, it's honestly, Michelle, it is something that I find a lot more people are struggling with. And like you said, it has been on on a rise for quite some time now, pre-COVID. But then COVID did, it just threw so much at us and and it was so overwhelming and and so hard to take it all in. And you don't know if you're coming or going and and things just, you know, just took over and, and, and feelings were heightened, you know, and, and that goes for, like we were saying, you know, us as adults, but also the younger crowd, you know, you were talking about some stats about high school students and it's really scary. And then you brought up the word suicide, you know, and, and as a mom, like, you know, and Michelle, I know you've got two boys too, and they're a bit older, but like, you know, that word getting thrown around and the age group, that is attached to those stories that I'm hearing is frightening. It's frightening. I'm hearing stories of kids as like young as like 10 years old saying that. And I can't even bring myself to say it because I can't even fathom, you know what I mean? A 10 year old talking about wanting to take their life. Yeah. And, uh, and actually following through, we're seeing suicide rates at a younger and younger age. So really important to know that the the highest risk group is age 15 to 25. So oh, that's teens young. and young adults and so with 11 suicides across Canada per day. So we we really um, have to pay attention, you know, not to move into fear, but just a wakeful, compassionate, connected state where we're attuned to what's happening with our youth and um, with an eye to prevention, developing yeah. the kinds of connections and lifestyles um, that are really going to help ensure that our youth are protected. And I think that these conversations are a great start and it's what needs to happen. Like I, like I said, tomorrow's Blue Monday, you know, and there's really no stats or facts as, as to like, you know, Blue Monday is the absolute status of the year. There's nothing really to, to, you know, support that. But I can tell you that, yeah, those winter blues, January's dark and gloomy. We're just coming off the holidays. And I feel like December, January can be a really tough time for people. Um, you know, you've got the holidays for people that might be alone or have lost people. It's going to affect them. And then January hits. And then all those bills come in and like there's the financial struggle and it's just trying to adult, you know what I mean? And then that plays uh, a part. And it's just really, 
it's a really crappy time of year. And that's why I wanted to talk to you. And I wanted to bring you on the show, uh, Michelle, because if there's something we can do for the new year to improve ourselves and to put ourselves in a better place mentally, emotionally, physically, you know what I mean? I think that we need to take those steps to do that. And as parents, I always say, you know what I mean? Like our kids are always watching us. So we need to lead by example. So um, we're going to take a quick break. But Michelle, are you ready? We're going to go full force. Well, yes. And the good news is there is so much that we can do. Yes. That we're going to talk about that. There is. There is. So don't go anywhere because this is the parenting show right here on 640 Toronto. Listening to the Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca, Toronto's News. Today's talk, six forty Toronto. Welcome back. This is the Parenting Show right here on six forty Toronto, and I'm your host, Pina Crispo of ChicMama.ca. I've got one of our uh, resident doctors on the show joining us tonight, and of course, I'm talking about Dr. Michelle Campbell, is doctor of mind body medicine, and she's absolutely amazing. She's a mom of two, author, and um, Someone I like to call my dear friend. Yeah, that's right. I'm so lucky. That's I, so lucky. You, I know. You know, I'm like, you said that and I'm like all smiles ear to ear because I think I'm so lucky. And those listening at home are probably like, what is wrong with these two? We are two lucky girls. That's what. <laughs> we are. You know, when you make that connection with someone and it's so immediate and you feel just so much joy for <laughs> the level of um, synergy and aligned values and deep conversations. And it's so important that we have um, that quality of connection in our life. So I thank you. Yeah. And I thank you. We're soul sisters. That's for sure. (laughs) And you know what, talking about having that connection, having those people in your life, like we're talking about mental health. And what we can do to improve it and that it is, you know, Michelle, it is. It's a crappy time of year. I was down over the holidays and, you know, it's taken some time to get out of it. I suffer from seasonal affective disorder, so it hits me. But one thing that I will tell you, one thing that helps me is having supportive people in my life like you, you know? And I think that that is key and that's major because if we're going to try and tackle this mental health beast... We need we need good people around us. It is a beast and you raise such an important point. And we know that social connection is the single biggest factor in terms of mental health resilience in, in terms of our overall well-being and um, hopefulness. And so really nurturing those connections is like money in the bank when right? it comes to your mental health. Yeah, it's, I think it's so underrated too. A lot of people don't even think about that. They don't think about what a cup of tea and a conversation could do for someone. It's so protective. So you think about the impact on our youth who are connecting primarily through, not all, but many social Mm -hmm. media, 
computer interface, lack of face-to-face connection, where you can pick up on all of those really subtle nuances that are so important, where you can share in that increase in oxytocin, which is the love hormone. My favorite drug. (laughs) Right? (laughs) The seven-second kiss and the 20-second hug. Hold on, back it up. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> I know about the hug, and but I want you to explain it to everyone listening at home if they don't know. But I don't know about a seven-second kiss. Who do I got to go kiss for seven seconds? What's it going to do to you, Michelle? Find somebody. Make sure that they've given permission. <laughs> Consent <laughs> <it> is increases. <laughs> Consent? Important. Yeah, Consent is key. Don't just go and kiss the, you know, cute grocery store holder. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even a little packet, seven seconds. That's serious. That's a commitment. <laughs> it's a commitment. Brush your teeth first, and then you're good. So what does a seven-second kiss do? <laughs> Enough of the talk about antidepressants. <laughs> Let's just enter in the kiss. <laughs> I love it. You don't even need a prescription for it. You just need to find someone with consent. So, okay. So I find my person, <laughs> Michelle. I have their consent. I'm kissing them for seven seconds. Seven seconds. What is it going to do? It's going to lead to a surge in oxytocin, a feeling of of being safe. And um, uh, there's a relaxation response in the body. It activates your parasympathetic nervous system, um, which is connected to rest and digest. It's, um, yeah, it's a beautiful... it's a it's a, <laughs> a beautiful micro solution. Okay, I like it. And seriously, you don't need a prescription for it. Anytime you need That's a refill, right. you just find your person. That's right. Be like, I need and seven seconds. That's it. Seven seconds of your time. Seven seconds. That's it. And then add add the add the twenty second hug, and and then you're really good to go. I mean, what a wonderful way to start the day. Imagine right? how many relationships would. Um, uh, be bolstered if we just included that one um, aspect, that one habit. You know what? I habit. think everyone should start their morning off like that. Um, yeah. And I know about the hugs too, because I'm a big, big hug person. I want to hug. I want to hug tight. I want to hug for a long time. Um so the hug, is it the exact same thing as a seven second kiss? It's it's the same thing. And you know, if you're having a really hard time, um, so often one of the questions that I receive is really uh, around panic. So when you're in full crisis and feeling panicked, maybe having a panic attack, um, in fear, hearts racing, feeling out of control, one of the things that you can do is just wrap your arms around yourself and increase the tension, the firm tension, or you can take a blanket or um, a thick scarf and wrap it around your body and swaddle yourself. And you think about it, we, we swaddle babies in order to calm them. There's a nervous system response to that level of pressure. And so when we can apply that to ourselves, it it calms the mind body system, add 
low and slow breathing. We know that breath is the gateway to our mental health. If we can breathe low and slow, it sends um, a cascade of neurochemicals throughout the body telling us that we're safe. And, um, and so it decreases anxiety levels and anxiety is really, um, it's the enemy, not stress. Stress is not the enemy. Stress can actually be very protective because it's short bursts of stress where we recover quickly that increases our heart rate variability and our mental health and physical resilience. It's the kind of chronic ongoing mm-hmm. stress where we can't recover that has an impact on our cortisol levels, our our organ health um, can lead to heart disease, metabolic disorders. I mean, 75% of doctor's visits are due to stress-related illness. So Isn't that insane? It, yeah. 75%, that's a huge number. And you know what? I never, I never thought about hugging yourself. And I like the idea of like grabbing a blanket or a scarf to actually try and swaddle yourself. They say that like a 20 second hug is going to also reduce the harmful effects of stress that we were just talking about. It says it relieves blood pressure and ensures a healthy heart. So there's like so many benefits mm-hmm. to hugs. Yeah. Whether I guess you're doing it like, you know, to yourself, like you had mentioned, Michelle, or, or you, you have someone and you're able to hug them. And, and I think that it's, it's funny because hugs to me, like I mentioned before, are a big thing. And it's something like I love to do. But I, I've always like tried to make like a little mental note, like when I see my kids and they're stressed or they're freaking out, or they're having like they're off the rails and like just hysterical, I will grab them and hug them tight and hold on to them. And I always like, in that moment, I'm like, okay, hold on. When I let go, I'm going to hold on tight. But when I let go, I want to see what happens. And I'm not even kidding you. Like I would say 99% of the time, it they are calm. And they're like, their breathing is slowed down and they can walk away. Oh, and what feels better as a parent to see your child feeling calm and secure. So we're talking about biofeedback, that we can use our bodies in ways that elicit a feeling of calm or confidence and overall well-being. Something as subtle as bringing your shoulders back and down, you know, that... um, I just did that, Michelle or superwoman stance. And if you do that for one minute, it increases feelings of confidence. What? Yeah. Yeah. So if you ever have some big presentation or something, just standing there, solid as a mountain, shoulders back, boom, there's your confidence. Kissing, hugging, and standing like a superhero. We are talking all about it and how to help, you know, battle those not so good feelings and be in a good place with our mental health. So don't go anywhere because we'll be back with more. It is week two in the new year, new you series right here on the parenting show. And you're listening to us on 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca. 
Toronto's News. Today's Talk, 640 Toronto. It is Sunday night and you are tuned into 640 Toronto for the Parenting Show. I'm your host, Tina Crispo, ChicMama.ca, and we are talking mental health. And we all suffer to some degree or another. And and tomorrow's Blue Monday, which is said to be the saddest day of the year. We know that there's really no like facts or stats to support that. But we also know that, you know, uh, mental health is a real issue. And so Dr. Michelle Cambolis is joining us on the show tonight, doctor of mind, body medicine, and uh, mama and author and yoga master and goddess and i could go on forever and ever michelle <laughs> goddess oh i like the sounds of that oh it's you know this is such an important conversation and one that we could have all day long because mm-hmm. it is so important and so um um validating you know to be able to acknowledge uh the the difficulties that most of us are feeling at this time and uh, to support each other yeah. with suggestions and scientifically based offerings that we can implement today. And you know what? It's not all that hard to do. Um, like we, you know, we had, we had the kissing example and the hugging example and the hugs that you can actually even give yourself if you don't have someone around. But there's so many things that we can do to help us work on our mental health so we're in a better place. I always use the analogy for the parents is, you know, imagine, you know, you're on the plane, you know, like they always tell us when we're on the plane and they go through the the safety rundown. They're like, okay, so something should happen. The oxygen masks will fall and put it on yourself first before you put it on anyone else. And so I always, always think about that in my head. And I'm like, you know, as parents, We need to take care of ourselves. We need to make sure that we are in a good place because if we're not in a good place, our kids are going to pick up on that. And that's not a healthy environment for them to be in. Michelle, what are your thoughts? Well, I couldn't agree more. And we are our children's best shot. So they're taking our cues constantly. And when they see us looking after ourselves and, um, and practicing all of the different, you know, behaviors and habits that are going to um, amplify our well-being. They're constantly watching us. They're constantly learning through us. And sometimes we wonder whether or not all of those seeds are actually being received and germinating, but they are. Yeah. And it's really, and it is through our day-to-day habits. I, I like to look at the, the low-hanging fruit. And within our family system, we're eating healthy foods, we're getting out and having regular exercise and tending to our sleep hygiene, fostering connection, making time, getting outside, being in nature. There's really no better way to help ensure that our mental health is is um, sturdy and thriving, so it's it's really in these simple, long term, healthy habits that our kids then develop a whole lifetime of mental health well being. 
I'm I'm a firm believer in, in in all of that, and I'm a firm believer in the fact that it is our responsibility as parents to look out for our kids. You know, if if we brought them here, you know, and brought them into this world, we need to do what we need. Well, we we need to do what we can to ensure that they are safe. Right. And that means um, setting a positive example for them and leading by example. You know what I mean? So everything you're saying, I'm like, yes, like totally 100 percent, because how can our kids be in a good place if they look at us as their parents and are like, "Mm," you know what I mean? Like they know that maybe they can't come talk to us. We can't have these conversations that, you know, people just deal on their own instead of like as a family unit. And I think it's so, so important for our kids to see that because if they don't feel safe or feel comfortable in their home environment, how can that be any good to them? Yeah, and I think it's really important that we're talking about mental health directly so that our children know what to watch for. Yeah. So that they understand what the symptoms of anxiety are, that it's a response in the body to stress that all of the negative irrational beliefs and mind racing and um, feeling of discomfort in their body and, you know, all of the symptoms connected with anxiety is, um, is really uh, a physical response that we all have to stressful circumstances. It's important that they understand the symptoms of depression and a whole host of different mental health difficulties so that they know that this is something that we can discuss openly, that we can keep an eye on and, um, and work through together. The other thing, and we talked about the behaviors that our children are absorbing and picking up on all the time. They're also picking up on our, our mind habits. And so much of our reality is created from the mind. Mm -hmm. So our thinking impacts our emotions and our Im- emotions impact our experience. So not only does our physical health impact our mental health, but our mindset impacts our physical health. Like it's a, it's a. Yeah, totally. You actually waste something. You posted something earlier this week talking about um, like pain. Mm-hmm. And I found that really interesting. Do you want to talk about that for a second? Yes, I do. I was talking about the fact that the life that we have in our experience is really cultivated from our mind. Everything is Mm -hmm. cultivated from our mind. And the root of suffering is really lies in three different mind patterns, comparing, judging, and fixing. So if you're in pain, if you're anxious, if you're angry, just stop and ask, what am I doing? Am I judging? Am I comparing? Or am I fixing? And I see found if that you can so just direct your mind into something more expansive, bring, bring ourselves into the moment as it is, accepting whatever is happening. It doesn't mean that you don't work towards changing the difficulty. But so much of our suffering is the fact that we're um, arguing with reality. As in, it shouldn't be this way. Well, it is. 
So yeah. if we can accept that and relax into whatever's going on, then our mid prefrontal cortex, the logical thinking hemisphere goes back online and then we can deal. I found that reel so interesting when I came across it earlier this week and I was like, wow, I'm like, I really never thought about it this way. But if I were to go back, you know, to certain, you know, moments in my life where I was like freaking out, losing my mind, you know, and ask myself that question, wait, Pina, hold on, which one of these three things am I doing right now? It brings you back to, like you said, present moment. You know, you stop, hold on, which of the three is it? And you're like, okay, I got it. Thank you. You can put it to bed and move on. And it's it sounds like something so simple, but it is something so simple, right, Michelle? To be able to pause, to just stop and take a moment and direct our attention inward is such a powerful thing. To yeah. step out of the momentum of whatever is happening in our mind. And we are in such an externally driven life. We don't have practices to just be still and look at the conditions of our own mind. And so by practicing that one technique, you're essentially reclaiming agency and some measure of control over your experience of yourself in the moment. Yeah. Sometimes I find that it's hard to reel things back in when you're spiraling out of control. But if you can, like, you know, I, I, I know that some people will actually take a moment to clap in front of their face. You know what I mean? Just to like snap out of it. And if that's something you can do, an action you can take, and then you do that. And then you ask yourself the question, which of these three things am I doing right now? It can bring you back down and into present moment so you can deal. We are talking mental health on the show tonight. Don't go anywhere because we will be back with more right here on 640 Toronto. You're listening to The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca, Toronto's News. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. It is Sunday night and you are tuning into 640 Toronto. This is The Parenting Show. I'm your host, Pina Crispo of ChicMama.ca. And it is week two in our New Year, New You series here on the show. Um, and not new you as if like, you know, hey, it's 2024. You need to be a brand new person. I always look at it as a new year and, and, and a bit of a fresh start. And how can I improve uh, myself and level up and just like, you know, go to that next, go to that next point, you know, and, and climb the ladder a little bit more in my, in my journey, in my life. And so we've got Dr. Michelle Campbell is joining us on the show, uh, doctor of mind-body medicine, author, mama. Uh, we're sticking with goddess Michelle, <laughs> meditation <laughs> expert. Like, Michelle, is there anything you don't do? <laughs> there is a lot that I don't do. And you know why? Because um, 
And I've been thinking about this a lot as I've been even um, been doing a deep dive into my own practices of self-care. And there's a lot that we have to let go of in order to prioritize what is most important to us. Yeah. And um, we can't do it all. We can't do it all. We can't do it all. Just stepping out of this mindset of uh, perfectionism is a big one for most of us. And like you and everyone else, I look on social media and I see all of these exciting, Mm. cool endeavors that people are involved in and painting and learning how to ride motorbikes and climbing mountains and like things that look really fun to me. And, um, and we can't do it all. We're not meant to do it all, but we can really step in through the gateway of our own heart and ask, what is mine to do? Yeah. It's so true. And I'm I'm glad that you actually just said, you know, you turn to social media and you see the, all these people doing amazing things, right? And and we're talking about mental health. So you just said social media and mental health, and we can't do it all, right? So I took those three things while you're talking and I was connecting the dots. And I'm like, we can't do it all. And social media, although a beautiful and great place to connect with like-minded people and to show us things that maybe we wouldn't see otherwise, you know, and and to introduce us to, to new faces and stuff like that, it can also be a very scary and dark place that can do more damage than good. Um, and I'm talking about when we do see all this stuff on our on our social. Uh, feed and and we look at it and we're like how does this person do it all how does this person have it all what am I doing wrong because I'm not in the same place um and then you start comparing you start comparing yourself illusion and thank you perfect word illusion it's not real you will find creators that will be as real as possible. And I thrive on trying to provide that for my audience. And Michelle, I know that you're the same way. But there's quite a few people out there that only show you the good without the bad and the ugly. And, and I don't think that that's fair. And I think that we as society need to think about that every time we open up a social media platform. Because if we don't, our mental health is going to be affected. Each and every time to pause and acknowledge that this is what this person wants me to see. Yes. This is their desired expression of their life. The problem is instead of bringing it together more often, us together more often than not, it leaves us with a feeling of alienation, of being separate. And you know what? Being enough. Michelle, I know that we see it differently because we spend a lot of time in the creator world and and we know how it works and we know the algorithms and the back end. But to the average person, they'll look at something and they'll be like, well, yeah, that's what this person's home life is like. Or or that's look at his job. He loves that job and he gets to golf while, you know what I mean, like working and and they get to travel and do all this stuff. We do need to keep in mind that what we are being seen is what those people want to show us. And that's not necessarily everything. 
even worse, it's very easy to get caught up in this um, tendency to create our lives according to how we think it's going to come across on social media. Right. So I know many people who are making decisions in their lives, not based on what feels good in their body, not based on mm-hmm. what feels healthy to them, but based on what's going to come across well on social media. And that's so destructive. And okay, so think about it as us as adults, right? But then let's think about our kids who are logging onto social media and what they're seeing and how influenced they are. Because I can tell you, Michelle, like some of the stuff that the kids asked for Christmas uh, last month and their friends that, you know, I know, I'm like, how do you even know about this? Well, how do they know about it? Because they, they came across it on social media and my kids do not have social media accounts. Okay, now I'm so curious about what they're asking for. Oh, it's anything from like, okay, so I've got, you know, Samantha's 12 now and Liliana's 10. And so it's like, you know, what is the latest lip gloss that they can pick up at Sephora because they saw, you know, a content creator on YouTube Mm -hmm. promoting a special product. You know what I mean? So it's like, and it's insane. So it so like, becomes so industry driven too. And right? um, it's just Ugh. a really powerful tool <laughs> to leave our youth feeling as though they need this or that or the other thing in order to feel um, popular or attractive or whatever Western um, uh, value is being imposed on them. And right? so then their locus of control is all external. And we know that when we have an external locus of control, when we focus our attention outward as a marker of our well-being instead of inward, depression, anxiety increases exponentially. So yeah. our Western culture has become more externally driven by the tune of about um, 75% over the oh. last 50 years as external locus of control has increased so too has depression and anxiety it's like a parallel line upward line and this is why this is why we need to have these conversations and be open and honest with our kids and make sure that nothing is like off topic that they feel that things are safe to come and talk to us and we need to monitor like honestly that's if I were to give a tip and then I'm going to ask you to give a tip Michelle uh something we can do to improve our mental health okay as we we kick off this year but like for me it would be as a parent we need to open those lines of communication with our kids and make it a safe place for them so they know that they can come talk to us about anything also as parents and something to teach our kids is I think we need to do a um a cleanup on an inventory check you know what i mean on social media who are we following what are they posting you know is it not good okay goodbye gone right michelle what would you say like if there's something people can do a small little thing to help improve their mental health i think it's really important to take time every day to turn inward and to develop a healthy relationship with your own mind yeah okay Can I give a second one? Yes. I'm going to give, because this is a more practical one. Breath work. There is a breathing technique that decreases your cortisol levels 
by 50% within four weeks. It's called Siddarshan Kriya. You breathe in for four, hold for four, exhale for six, hold for two. You do that for 10 minutes. Can you give it to us again? Inhale. Inhale for four, hold for four, exhale for six, hold for two. Okay. There's all kinds of stuff that we don't have time for, but it will decrease your cortisol levels by 50%. Within four weeks. Mm -hmm. Okay. I've got to do that because when I did my like hormone testing with, uh, with Dr. Andy, another special guest on the show all the time, one of our naturopaths, um, we discovered that I wake up with extremely high levels of cortisol. So I am going to Mm -hmm. test out this breath work. Michelle, honestly, you always have like great tips, advice, stories. Um, And I cannot thank you enough for joining us on tonight's show. And for, um, you know, our New Year, New You series, you are absolutely amazing. And if if people want to hear more about you or join you on one of your meditations um, or do any kind of work with you, how can they find you? You can reach me at michellecambolis.com. If you're interested in meditation, we've got a 12-week program that's starting on Monday. So reach out to me and uh, we can be in practice together. There you go. And what a great way to kick, you know, those winter blues away. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is it for us. But we will catch you next week right here on The Parenting Show. I'm your host, Pina Crispo, chicmama.ca. And you've been listening to us on 640 Toronto.